1 John chapter 5. We're going to look at Romans 1, Hebrews 12, I think. 1 John chapter 5. Say, well, you were just halfway in the middle of 1 John 4 last several weeks. If you'll remember way back, I had the end of chapter 4 before I'd done the beginning. <laughs> 1 John chapter 5. I think we're going to look at, this is an important understanding that we're going to look at a little bit tonight. Are you there? First John chapter 5 says, well, let's back up because I, you know I like context, but I am just going to read it. I'm not going to, uh-oh, I've already, I've already heard it, uh-huh. <laughs> let's read in, in 1 John 4.20, let's read there and then we'll go into about the first five verses of chapter 5. If someone says, I love God and hates his brother, he is a liar. For he who does not love his brother whom he has seen, how can he love God whom he has not seen? And this is the commandment we have from him, the him being Jesus, that he who loves God must love his brother also. Now, that is a commandment. Remember, the greatest commandment is to love the Lord your God with all. Well, it's, the, it's the greatest commandment, Jesus said. What's the greatest commandment? You love the Lord your God with all your heart, your soul, your mind. And it says, and that you love your neighbor as yourself. It says, in the, and the first or the, uh, the latter is likened to the first. Loving people when you love God is not an option. That's a pretty strong statement. We covered it extensively several weeks ago. Someone says, I love God and hates his brother. He is a liar. That is a strong statement. Chapter 5, verse 1 says, Whoever believes that Jesus is the Christ, which the Christ would be what? The anointed one. Mm -hmm. Whoever believes that Jesus is the Christ is born of God, and everyone who loves him, who begot also loves him who is begotten of him. By this we know that we love the children of God when we love God and keep his commandments. That's a pretty stout statement, straightforward too. How do you know you love God? Jesus Christ your Lord, how do you know? Because you love God and you keep his commandments. Jesus said that. Jesus said, if you love me, keep my commandments. Hello? That's pretty simple. I didn't think we had commandments anymore. Please. Please. For verse 3, for this is the love of God that we keep his commandments and his commandments are not burdensome. He didn't say it was easy to live for God. He said it was not burdensome. Why? Come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden. What's it say? I will give you rest. He says to take my yoke upon you and learn of me. He said for my burdens, what? My work is easy and my burden is light. That's what Jesus said. For his commandments are not burdensome. For whatever is born of God overcomes the world. Hear me. You heard it in chapter 4. You know it. You can quote it. That greater is he. Where are you, Wednesday night crowd? Greater is he. That's what? That's in me. Than he that is in the world. The he that is in you is the spirit of God. When you're born again. Why? Because you're born of the Spirit. We're going to cover some very fundamental things tonight. Whatever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world. What? 
our faith. This is the victory that has overcame the world. Our faith. You're saved. Let me tell you how you're saved. You're, fa- you're saved by faith through grace. Or you're saved by grace through faith. You didn't deserve it. Couldn't earn it. Couldn't buy it. But when you believed, that was the grace. See, it was the grace of God that gave you the power to believe. It's so simple, but yet so hard for people to live by. Because the temptation of man is to, have, is to do something. We love to earn our way to things. This is the victory that has overcome the world. What? Your faith. Who is he that overcomes the world? But he who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. What is Hebrews chapter 11 verse 1 say? Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Faith is not blind, by the way. Faith comes by, do you know what faith comes by? Hearing, hearing by the word of God. Yes, that's what it just, that's what Romans tells us, but what is hearing? I'm telling you, tonight will be different than what we've had the last several weeks because I want to cover some very fundamental things that we need to hear. Some people preach unconditional eternal security. That's a false doctrine. You know what Pentecostals love to preach? Eternal insecurity. Guess what that is? False doctrine. It's equally false. It's, it's wild ends. Of the, it's, it's the left and the right ditch is what it is. You're not saved today and lost tomorrow. And saved the next day and lost tomorrow. And saved the next day and lost tomorrow. And saved the next day and lost tomorrow. And saved the, that's ridiculous. It's absurd. But you know what? There's a lot of old timers that kind of preached it that way. And there's a whole lot of people in the world that believe the other ditch that think everybody believes that. <laughs> and, it's, and it's absolutely bad doctrine. They're both bad doctrine. Romans chapter 1. We said faith comes by hearing. We just heard you, told you that Roman, Romans tells us that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. But I got, and you remember a few weeks ago we were in the Revelation talking about the, the, the letters to the churches and Jesus ended every letter. How? Let he that has an ear, let him hear. What is hearing? What does it mean to hear scripturally? Now faith comes by hearing. Well, lots of people hear people proclaim the gospel. Yet there's no, they don't, it doesn't ignite their faith and they don't become a believer. So what is hearing? Romans chapter 1, let's look at something. I hate it when they move Romans on me. Of all the books to move around, you'd think they'd leave that one in the right place. (laughs) Let's just read Romans chapter 1, verse 16 and 17. You ready? For Paul is the writer, of course. Paul says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel. For I am not ashamed of the gospel, not just any gospel, it's the gospel, it has a definite article, and it says the gospel of Christ. Gospel means good news. For I am not ashamed of the good news of Christ. For it is the power of God unto salvation. For everyone who believes. I want to read that again. There's some things that are clearly disputed 
and things supported and not supported in that one verse. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ, for it is, for it is, what is? What's the it? The gospel. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ, for it is, the gospel is, the power of God unto salvation for everyone who believes. That's a problem, Mr. Calvin. For everyone who believes. For the Jew first, and also the Greek, for it is in the righteousness of God revealed, there's a word, for it is in the righteousness, for in it is the right, in, in, what's the it? What's the, what's the it? For I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ, for it is the power of God and the salvation for everyone that believes. For in it, the gospel, is the righteousness of, the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith. What did I just tell you that? How, how, how have we overcome? By our faith. As it is written, where's that written? In Habakkuk, if you want to know. The just shall live by faith. The just, or let's say it this way, the justified shall live by faith. You're saved by faith through grace, or saved by grace through faith. That's how you get saved. Come on. And it's how you live by faith. It's how you live. Everybody that's been, ever, that's been in the church 10 minutes. Well, I should, that's, that's not true anymore. Lots of people have heard how to get saved. Let's say that. But way too many people have never been taught how to live for God. We're supposed to live for God. We are supposed to live for God. Mac Church, we are supposed to live for God. Every day, all day, every day, period. The just shall live, that's the justified, shall live by faith. Justified, that's how you got saved. You were justified before God. What does that mean? Justified, it literally means in the simplest terms, it is just as if you never sinned. Just as if you never sinned. That's what it means to be justified. And you know what? You are as justified as you're ever going to be the moment you believed on Jesus Christ. The moment you believed, he removed your sins from you as far as the east are from the west. Mag Church needs to hear a few things. I, can you tell it's a little different night for me? Can you tell that already? Hadn't spit or nothing yet. There's something that we need to understand. There's something I heard even this week. I've been in a, in a, in a uh, really fast, intensive, full course that's going to happen in a week in Baton Rouge. And I heard something yesterday, that just, day before yesterday, that just kind of opened my eyes again and blew my socks off for just a second. The power to save is the gospel itself. No, you're not hearing me. I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ, for it is the power of God and the salvation. What is? The gospel is the power of God and the salvation. It's not, it's not how charismatic the preacher is. 
Everybody loves to hear a charismatic preacher. It's not how, it's not how animated they are. It's how, not how much they spit when they talk. It's not how entertaining they can be at times. They can be as dry as last year's corn shucks, and the power will still be in the gospel of Jesus Christ. It is the power. We see, we get distracted by personalities sometimes when we need to understand that the power of God, for in it, the gospel is the power of God revealed Guess what that means? It's why you were made an overcomer by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of your testimony. Guess what? The power, in, the, the power of the gospel in your mouth is as great as the power of the gospel in my mouth. The power of the gospel in my mouth is as great as the power of the gospel was in Charles Spurgeon's mouth and Billy Graham's mouth and any other issue. You need to understand that the, the power is in the gospel, not in the person. It is, the, it, it is the power of God in what? The gospel. And the good news is the power of God revealed. Revealed, that is important. That, that, that reveal, oh, that spooky word, revelation. It's revelation. It's, it's your eyes, are, it's enlightenment. It's when the power, of, it's when the Holy Spirit illuminates the gospel, the word, and, brings, and it opens someone's eyes it opens someone's ears. It's, it, it's faith comes by hearing. It's not when a, you're hearing me right now. The, hear, the faith comes when the gospel is presented because it's the power of God and the power of the Holy Spirit opens somebody's ears and their eyes and, and they have revelation. Hearing comes when revelation comes. Hearing comes when revelation comes. And when, re, when hearing comes, faith comes follows it's the, it's 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 not it's not complicated and we make it that way it's not about it's not about all the things that we we think you got to be this great orator we think you got to have all the you know jack hayford passed away here here a few months ago and you know he was a world world renowned revivalist or evangelist Speaker, pastor, actually, Pastor Jack Hefford is a pastor. And rightfully so. He was, he was a powerful writer and man of God and, and touched the world. Did you ever hear Jack Hayford speak? It was as dull as the backside of a butter knife. You know why he was so effective? Because of the power of the gospel that brought revelation to people's lives. He was able to bring the gospel in such a way that people's eyes were enlightened. Why, wonder why Paul wrote things to the Ephesian church like, Lord, open the eyes of our understanding. Open the eyes of our understanding. Why do you think over and over he's, he Faith comes by hearing. Here, I can hear. Let me. Well, what, what about deaf people? Somebody said. What about deaf people? Faith comes by hearing. He's not talking about your auditory abilities. He's talking about when revelation comes and opens your eyes and your ears. When you hear the gospel. Have you ever? I ain't, uh, husbands, just excuse me a minute. Women's, have you ever talked and talked and talked and you know they heard you? But it's like one day or one don't look at each other. Don't say amen, wouldn't be a good time. But have you seen when, when they heard and when they heard? When they got revelation. It might have come just after the rolling pin. I don't know. Revelation. Oh, he's serious. Oh, she's serious. She's serious. Oh, she meant that. No, I said no amens. Or commentary. You know, when you need it, you can't get it. When you don't need it, everybody's got something to say. Well, not everybody, just you. Faith comes by hearing. 
Hearing by the word of God. And listen to me, church. I need you. I need Mag Church because uh, we've got a job to do, and it's an evangelistic job. Because you want to know what turns a mess around in the world? It's when people, whenever the gospel begins to go forth and lives begin to change. Because you know what? Thugs quit thugging. Thieves quit stealing. Drunks quit drunken. They do. Paul said things like, crazy things like this. Those who steal, steal no more. You know why? You know what, you know what, you know what 2 Corinthians 5, 17 says. It says, if a man be in Christ, he's a new creation. Old things pass away. And behold, all things become new. In Christ, in Christ, in Christ. What is it? What in Christ? What, what does it mean? What it says? In Christ, put your elbows out and swing, you'll get ribs. His ribs. You know why? Because you're in him. You're in. You don't understand your position. You're in him. And he's in you. How is he in you? Literally, how is he in you? By the power of his spirit. He told, I'm trying to help somebody. I'm trying to help. You didn't have no want to. You say, I still mess up. You know what? So do I. But I don't want to. And you know what? The more I live for him, the more I get his word in me, the more, the more his spirit is working in me, the less I fail him. You know why? Because I'm in him. And he is in me. It says, Jesus himself said, we're talking about the spirit, he said, I, I, he, said he has been with you, he shall be in you. Let me tell you something amazing. It's the power of the gospel. Let me tell you about the, do you, do you know that Jesus never had 3,000 people saved in one day? We're talking about God in the flesh. We're talking about the word that became flesh and dwelled among us. Are you listening to me? Did you know that Jesus never, there's not one recorded instance of where, where people turn to Jesus by the thousands at a single instance? And interestingly enough, he used the very man that had, that had, that had denied him just a few days before. He used Peter. He used this big foot in your mouth, stumbling over everything, stupid, dumb remarks, Peter. The same one that says, I'll die for you. And Jesus said, but you ain't going to die for me. By the time the cock crows, you will have denied me three times, Peter. He says, it was the same Peter that when Jesus said, I'm going to give my life for it. He said, and Peter said, you're not going to die for it. And he says, get behind me, Satan. Do you know what happened, Matt? There's something crazy that happened because, see, the, 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 the church was born on the day of Pentecost. That's when the Holy Spirit was poured out on, on, on the nations. And when the Holy Spirit had been with you, he shall be in you. Jesus said crazy things like greater works than these shall you do because I go away. Oh, you hadn't understood. You're going to understand something. When Peter got up on the day of Pentecost, when the Spirit, it says, when the Spirit of God fell, Peter began up to, to stand up and he says, you know what? These, these people are not drunk as you suppose. See, it's the third hour of the day. But this is that, what was spoken of by the prophet Joel. And he began to talk about what was going to happen in the latter days. And then he says, and then he, he continued to quote all the way through in Joel. So Joel said that whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. And they said, oh my, what shall I do? He said, repent, every one of you, and be baptized for the remission of sin, and be filled with the Holy Ghost. And you know what happened? 3,000 people got saved. Was Peter powerful? Was Peter powerful? No, you know what he was? He was Peter. You know what was powerful? The gospel. And you know what, was, you know what happened? The Holy Spirit fell, and it was in them now. And when he, he spoke the word in power, hearing came. Their eyes were open. Their hearing was in, and, and greater 
they immediately, greater things than these shall you do because I go away. The greatest miracle ever performed, ever, is the salvation of a lost soul. That is, let, let me tell you something. Hear me. You looking for something supernatural? The gospel of Jesus Christ is supernatural. It's supernatural. It's not words on a page. It's not a personality in a pulpit. It is the power of God and the salvation for everyone who believes. Everyone who believes. It's a supernatural gospel. The gospel of Jesus Christ. When, when the Holy Spirit brings the revelation of who he is and what he's done, it changes everything. Everything. It opens your blinded eyes. And sometimes physically. Let me tell you, you were blind. But not, you know why you were blind? Because you were dead. Oh, I don't think you understand. You were dead in your trespasses and your sin. That's what the Bible says. See, he came that he might bring life. Um, I'm, we're, most of us are of such age that John 3, 16 would probably still be your most well-known verse. It's not the most well-known verse in the world today anymore. It used to be. It used to be it was for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believed in him should have everlasting life. He loved you so much that he gave you life. We were dead. The power... The power, the power is the, is the gospel itself. The power of God is in your lips, in your mouth. Oh, he's, what Paul said, help me, Matt. He told us something about this word of faith that is in your mouth. That is now, when? When's now? Right now. When, when, when did now come? I can tell you when now come. Now faith is. Faith is present. Now, that's present. Is, 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 is still present tense? Is is still present tense? Now faith is. Is is present. He says, you have this word of faith, which is now in your mouth. What is this word of faith? It's the gospel of Jesus Christ. It is the power of God. And the salvation. The gospel is powerful. And the Holy Spirit brings the revelation. He is the eye opener. I, I happen to believe that the power of the Spirit, I, I, you know that, that grace is, has a power to it. Let me help you. Grace has a power to it because grace does things. You know what grace does? It removes mountains. The Bible says, Zechariah, what does it say? Not by might, not by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord, right? It says, before you, Zerubbabel, this mountain, that's Zechariah chapter 4. Before you, Zerubbabel, this mountain shall become a plain. This mountain shall fall down flat. How? By crying grace. Grace unto it. Grace has power. You know what kind of power grace has? It has a, grace has the power to snatch somebody out of hell and set them, and set them to life. See, you're saved by grace through faith. When you believe it, when the Holy Spirit brings revelation, when you believe it, the power of grace comes rushing in. You know, grace is powerful because how, how many of you know iniquity is abounding? Sin. Hello. Hello. Everywhere. Everywhere you look. Everywhere you look. Somebody, am I wrong or right? 
everywhere you look. People are, people are killing and raping and murdering for no other reason than they just want to. But where grace, where, where, where iniquity does abound, grace, grace does much more abound. We used to sing it. Grace, grace, marvelous grace. Grace that will pardon and cleanse within. Grace, grace, marvelous grace. Grace that is greater than all of my sin. <laughs> grace. We, you know how many, how, do you ever read the opening statements of Paul? Do you know, do you know, do you know that Paul didn't write the opening? I mean, there were letters, they were, so he wrote a, a salutation, but you know that, that that wasn't included in, in the Word of God just so they would have enough words to go on the page. Everywhere Paul would go, he would open his letters with crazy things like this, may grace be abounding towards you. Paul wasn't wasting words. He was, it wasn't even niceties. It, it was a, it was a uh, it was, he understood the power of grace and it was his hope and his wish and his prayer that when he would write to these churches and to these people that grace would begin to abound toward them. Because you know what? When grace begins to abound, sin begins to fall off. When grace begins to abound, people begin to get saved. When grace begins to abound, cha uh, whole communities change. When grace begins to abound, churches grow. When grace begins to abound, uh, Families are put back together. When grace begins to abound to punk teenagers that need, that make you want to, when grace begins to abound, it, it has, the, the, see, salvation comes by grace through faith. I'm not ashamed. That's why, you know what? That's why you ought to tell your story everywhere you go. Why did Paul say to them, opening statements of the church at, at Rome, the most powerful of his epistles, no doubt about it. You can, you can live for God out of Romans. Does somebody know that? You can live for God. If you had one book on this planet, you can live for God if you had the book of Romans. You'd know how to get saved. You'd know how to live for God. You'd, you'd, have, you'd have the basics. It's all in there. You know what he said? Right off the bat. I am not ashamed of the gospel. Can I ask you a question? Do you have somebody, anybody, that your heart breaks for the condition they're in? Anybody? A spouse, a child, a cousin, an aunt, an uncle, a co-worker, the checkout girl at Market Basket, any of them. You know what? If we bring the gospel, grace comes with it. You know what will happen? The power of God. And it's Paul says, I. Why, why, aren't you, why aren't you giving the gospel? Well, what if they reject it? What if they don't? What if they don't? What if they don't? I'm going to remind you of something. Why, why aren't you sharing the gospel? Paul, I am not ashamed of the gospel. I can only think of one good reason to not give people the gospel. You're ashamed of it. You don't believe it. You're ashamed of it. You're afraid of being rejected. You don't have, it's the power, the gospel is the power of God and salvation. You don't have anything to do with it. Your role is to tell it. You know why? You, know, you, you, uh, you want people to have their life changed, but you don't give them the gospel? Well, I'm going to remind you that faith comes by hearing. For in it, what? The gospel. For in it, what? The gospel. For in it, what? The gospel. 
For it is, the righteousness of God is revealed. What, it re, and what is it revealed? The gospel. From faith to faith, for it is written, the just shall live by faith. You know what happens? When you get saved by grace through faith, is grace, grace begins to abound towards you. And the power of God that you didn't have before, you did not have the power to live for God. Without salvation, you did not. The miracle is when you become a new creation. You become something that yesterday you didn't even want to be. It's a miracle when you want to's changed. I, want, I, I, I say this every once in a while. I want to say it again. If it skins you, it just skins you. If your, if your want to's didn't change and you didn't change, you didn't get saved. Amen. Period. If something didn't change, if, 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 if I didn't say everything become perfect overnight, I, I'm telling you that something changed. Your want to change. Because your heart changed, you become something different. If you prayed a prayer and nothing changed, you didn't get saved. How can you say that? Because the gospel says that. It's high time the church got back to believing what the word says instead of what their, their favorite guru has to say. Or what their own interpretation of life. Me and Jesus got our own thing going. Me and Jesus got it all worked out. No, you and Tom, Tom T., you and Jesus don't have it worked out. If you don't have it worked out by the book, you don't have it worked out. There's no such thing as, as, a, as a custom God and a custom salvation. It's not what you say, what you think, what you want. It's what he says. And something changes. Something changes I've told this story before some of you's heard it because some of you knew Clendenin you know when he Clendenin was an offshore driller I believe is that right yeah. roughneck yep and he fought everything there was to fight drank everything there was to drink fought everything there was to fight mean as a junkyard dog Go. went to a meeting one night Went to a meeting one night, yeah. Something got a hold of him. He got saved. Radically saved and changed. He went back to work. Got into it with somebody. Whipped, whipped them. Whipped the soup out of them. And the enemy come along and said, see, you ain't no different than you were yesterday. He was a fighter and a brawler. Somebody crossed him, and you know what? He was a fighter and a brawler. He said, see, nothing's changed in you. Come asking the preacher, what's happening to me? He said, the difference was it's for the first time in my life I was sorry I did it. The first time in my life I was sorry I did it. You know what that was? A change. He made a change in the way that I'm walking. He made a change in the way that I'm talking. The songwriter said, old things passed away. Behold, everything's new. He made a change in the life that I'm living. Set free, born again, finally forgiven. If he can make a change in me, do you know how easy that is to say to people? I didn't just quote half of Lamentations. Somebody hearing me? I didn't just quote half a Lamentations to somebody. I just said, he made a change in the way that I was walking. He made a change in the way that I'm talking. Who I used to be is gone, and now I'm something new. He made a change in the way that I'm living. Set free. 
Maybe it's, you know, for the first time in my in years, I've been able to lay down with a clear mind and go to sleep not afraid that if I didn't wake up where I'd be. You know what you've just done? You've made a change and you've shared, you began sharing the gospel with people. You've, you know what you've just told them? If he can make a change in me, he can make a change in you. You know what Paul says here in this, in this first chapter of Romans? I want to go back to it. It's for everyone. It's for everyone. I looked up everyone. It was real similar to all. Because I looked up, I've looked up all all the time. Y'all know that, right? I tell you all the time, I looked up all. I looked up all in Greek. I looked up all in Hebrew. I looked up all in lots of languages. I looked at so-and-so's lexicon and so-and-so's commentary. And I looked at Zodahades and Vines and Dake and pulpit commentary. And I, you know what? Uh, everyone, all meant all. And everyone meant Everyone. It's for everyone who believes. You don't even know what a big statement it is when Paul said to the Rome, but to the church that it's to the Jew first. The gospel's of the Jews. The Bible says that. The gospel's of the Jews. It was, it, the gospel's for, it says to the Jew first. It came to the Jews first. Do you have any idea what, that there was weeping and wailing and gnashing of teeth, that they were rending their garments and throwing dust in the air. And when he said, and to the heathen. To the Jews first and the Greek, to the heathen. You know what Gentiles means? Heathen. I'm glad because I met some of y'all's family and y'all's line looks a lot like my line. They were heathens. Y'all ain't, y'all even... Yeah, I met some of your bunch. I am really glad that the gospel come to the Gentiles too, come to the heathen. Because that let me in. I'm like Brother Brinkle. I'm just glad I got in. Glad I got in. They said, one time they asked him, Brother Brinkle, what would you be if you weren't Pentecostal? He said, ashamed. Brother Brankel, um, as you know, he's, he's 93 now. I think he's still alive. And he was in the hospital. Did I tell you all this last week? He's in the hospital last week. And they were going to test his mental acuity, his acumen, his right, where he's at at 93. That's fair. That's fair, right? You, you ever had one of those? You know, they're, they're really seeing about dementia. They ask you things like, well, Mr. Brinkle, do you know what day it is? Well, sure. It's May 1st, April 30th, whatever. Yeah. You know where you're at? He said, well, yeah, I'm in Mercy Hospital, Fort Smith, Arkansas. They said, Mr. Brinkle, who's the president? He said, we ain't got one. <laughs> the doctor said, this man's just fine and walked out. He did. The doctor said, this man's the thing wrong with this man and walked out. <laughs> We ain't got one. <laughs> well, well, yay, yay, barely. <laughs> you know? <laughs> Somebody come and got him out of the home week before last and took off with him. They did. Brinky come in to get him and she, he wasn't there. They said, where's he at? I said, Somebody come and got him. Said they was going to preach. Left a card, called it, nobody answered. And he's gone all day, about 8.30, here he come rolling in. And they said, where you been? He said, they come to get me to preach. He said, why didn't you tell nobody? He said, you know, he knew that she wouldn't let him go. And he said, well, did you preach? He said, not really, they just let me testify. He said, well, they talk about it. He said, I don't know, he tried to talk about God. He slapped the steering wheel the whole way there. He said, I don't think he knew much about him. Well, how'd you get home? Some woman and a bunch of screaming kids brought me. What have you ate? Nothing. I'm starving. They said, Daddy, you cannot leave this home again without me or Nita or her husband 
coming to get you ourselves. He said, for how long? She said, the rest of your life. And he said, I'm 93. He said, that I can reckon I can live with that. It'll be all right. Won't be long. <laughs> Why did I say that? Because you needed to know it. Because I'm glad I got in. I'm glad I got in. That's why I'm just glad I got in. First John chapter five. For this is the love of God. We keep His commandments. His commandments are not burdensome, and whatever is born of God overcomes the world. What a statement that is! Whatever is born of God overcomes the world. What do you mean, born of God? You know that little conversation that Jesus had with Nicodemus in John chapter 3? Did you ever go read it? Jesus had a little conversation. The leader of the Pharisees, Nicodemus, come to him by night. Why? Couldn't be seen with him. Couldn't be seen with him. They were already wanting to kill him. Couldn't be seen with him. And he says, says, we know you're a great teacher. And you know how Jesus answered him? He said, you know what? You must be born again. And Nicodemus said, what? He said, what? How can this be? What I do, enter, in, enter again into my mother's womb? You know what Jesus said? Listen to this. I just told you, whatever's born of God overcomes the world. Yeah? He said, listen to me. Whatever's born of flesh is flesh. Whatever's born of the spirit is spirit. That's why you have to be born again. See, it's whatever's born of God that overcomes the world. He told me, Romans, that I'm more than a conqueror. He told me that we've been made overcomers. How do we overcome? Blood of the Lamb. We were born of God. I told you it was fundamental. What I wanted you to hear is it's not in charisma. And it's not in oratory ability. And, it, and, it, and it's not in great education. There's been very simple men that done great things for God. Why? They had the gospel. And in it is righteousness revealed. The power's in the gospel itself. It is a supernatural gospel. Now in the next few minutes, I need to quickly open a can of worms and keep moving. Do you know how you live for God? It's not a trick question, but it's a hard question for a lot of people to answer. If I ask you how to get saved, a lot of you can tell me how to get saved. Yeah? Could you? Confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus Christ. Believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead. Shall be saved. With the heart one believes in salvation. With mouth confession. Or with the heart one believes. With mouth confession is made to salvation. Believe confess. How do you live for God? You got saved by, through grace. By grace through faith. You know how you live for God? By faith. Same way you got in is the same way you live. Same way you got same way you got in, it's the same way you live. You live by faith. Not in what I do. It'll change your dues. Yeah, 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 this, if this is too elementary, if this is too elementary for you tonight, then I don't. Then I got to be evangelizing this whole county. If this, if 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 you got it, then Mag ought to be evangelizing this whole county. How do you live for him? 
It's not by what I do. He'll, he'll change your doer. He'll give you a brand new doer. You know why he gives you a brand new doer? Because he gave you a brand new owner. When you got a brand new owner, it'll, it'll change your, your, your owner will change your doer. Uh, y'all, I know that I'm talking Arkansas to y'all. But I, I don't think I need an interpreter. I think you get it. You're because you're wanter. Because you know what you want to is what, is what you act on. You want to is what drives you. I, this is a really bad example, but it's, it's pretty clear. I was listening to a, a confessed serial killer yesterday. Listen to his interview. Listen to the police tape. And they asked him why he killed all those people. You know what his answer was? Because I wanted to. Because I wanted to. Feel bad about it? I said, not really. I don't really have much feel bad in me. He said, I enjoyed it when I did it. He said, it was kind of exhilarating. You know why I kill people? He wanted to. I'll leave it at that. I could say more. You know what we... Different. We live for God the same way we get saved. We want to. He gave you the want to because he changed who you are. You were tired of living the way you were. There are some people that got saved just because they were absolutely fed up with the way they were living. Yeah? You know what the, oh, I don't think I have time to open this can. But, you know, once you get saved... You don't. You quit living by want to. He does change your want to, but you quit living by your want to because sometimes I still want to punch you in the face. Thank you, Whitney and I. We just lay it out. We don't. Even, sometimes I want to still punch you in the face, throat punch you. You know what the difference is? Well, that too. <laughs> the, the fruit of the Spirit. It's not the fruit of J.R. Because if J.R. has fruit, he still wants to punch you in the teeth. You know what, you know what it is when you want to, but you don't? It's called self-control. Oh, that, that should, I don't even have to, I don't have much time left, but that should have, that was profound and y'all don't even, y'all don't even realize. Because you're, because if I, the works of the flesh are evident. What I want to do is listed in, in, in Galatians chapter five. If I get, if I just done what I want to, see, because he, he does change. Now, when you begin to live for him, begin to walk with him, begin to get the word of God in you, begin to walk in the spirit. See, if you walk in the spirit, you don't fulfill the lust of the flesh. Go over here. If you walk in the Spirit, that's the Spirit of God. And, 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 and by the way, the Spirit is, is, is His fruit. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, long-suffering, meekness, gentleness, kindness, self-control. That's not the fruit of you. That's the fruit of the Spirit. I'm glad for the feel-bads when you punched them anyway. But he really wants to come to a place of maturity where you quit punching people in the face. He wants that fruit to develop. Yeah? I don't have any trouble not punching people in the face. I mean, I have want to sometimes, but I don't have any trouble. I don't, I, I don't have to really. And that may be because largely I don't want to be punched in the face back.
Can I get a witness? <laughs> My brother loved to fight. I never did understand that. He did. That boy fight. I tell you, can I tell you a story? And I'll wrap it up. One time he went to a party. He probably shouldn't have been there, but he was. And they were playing horseshoes because that's what people do. And I like to play horseshoes. And they had a horseshoe pit going on. They had other things going on. And, and he was already there. And this guy that shall remain nameless come rolling up that him and my brother were not exactly on good terms. And he parked too close to that horseshoe pit. When he was out there, <laughs> when the guy pulled up before he got out of his car, my brother turned to everybody around him. He says, when the horseshoe hits that car, just be quiet. I'll, I'll, I'll own it. They didn't tell him to move his truck. Your truck's going to get hit. He told everybody around, when one of you hit his truck with the horseshoe, it's about 30 minutes later, they were pitching, playing, and he heard, clam, crash. He said, that was me. I don't think you understand that the fight was on. And before the guy ever got out of the truck, he was planning for it. I don't like getting hit. And especially not in the mouth. These teeth got too, they got too much money in these teeth. Yeah? I'm trying to help somebody. He said, you, become, you live the same way you got saved is the way you live. And I don't have any righteousness. See, it says that in it, y'all thought I was lost. In it, the gospel, the righteousness of God is revealed. I don't have any righteousness. My righteousness, the Bible says, is what? Filthy rags. But Jesus said when, I became, when I'm in him, when I'm born again, when I'm, when I'm baptized into Christ, Paul wrote in Romans chapter 6 and 7, when I'm baptized into Christ, that's not water baptism, by the way. That's salvation. When I'm baptized into Christ, I'm in him. When God sees me, as far as when, when I get saved, when God sees me, after, when I'm justified, when Jesus died, I died. When Jesus was buried, I was buried. When Jesus was resurrected from the dead, I was resurrected from the dead. I'm in him. You know what Paul said at Mars Hill? It's in him that I live and I move and I have my being. I'm in him. Amen. And when I'm in him, see, I don't have any righteousness, but I'm in him. See, but you, you were a vulgar, foul-mouthed, hateful, mean-spirited, impatient, bully, fight at the drop of the hat, cuss everything you see. And when, you came in, and when you came in him, you became a new creation. You didn't have any righteousness, but you're in him. See, you were all those things. You were a sinner. By the way, you're not a sinner saved by grace. You're not a sinner saved by grace. You were a sinner, and you were saved by grace. That's who you were, not who you are. That ought to have been better. That's who you were. The Bible never, somebody that's been converted, the Bible never one time, not once, calls them a sinner again. Not one time, not one time. That's who I was, not who I am. You know what? It starts, he begins to say crazy things. Like when I'm in him, he begins to say crazy things. It says, it says that he who knew no sin, that's Jesus, became sin, the sin offering, that I might, become something. What? That I might become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Where, where is my righteousness of God? How, how did I become the righteousness of God? How? In Christ Jesus. I'm in Him. And the Holy Spirit is in me. And it changes everything. And, you, and when you begin to live, when you begin to resist, submit yourself to God, resist the devil, 
You know, most of us have it backwards. We resist God. <laughs> Submit to the devil. Submit yourself. To, that's the harder part. Everybody's always rebuking and all that stuff. The, the, the harder part is submitting to God, not the resisting the devil. Submit to God. Resist the devil. He'll flee. Walk in the Spirit. You'll not fulfill the lust of the flesh. He'll change. You know, let me, oh, let me see it. I need it anyway. Well, I'll get the other one then. Whichever, just whatever one you won't give me. Oh, my goodness. None of your business. This is Isaiah. This is Isaiah. Y'all know I have twin grandsons? Anybody know that? No clue. Nobody mentioned it. There's something I want you to know. There's something I want you to know. Besides, he's handsome. And he loves his pops. Let me tell you what else I want you to know. He is Isaiah Michael Fusilier. He's as much Isaiah Michael Fusilier as he's ever going to be. He was born just a few weeks oh, ago. He was born just a few weeks ago. You know that? And you know what? He doesn't walk and talk yet. You give him a couple weeks. He's smart. <laughs> he doesn't walk and talk yet. You know why? He doesn't, he, doesn't even, he doesn't even eat good stuff yet. You know why? Because he's a baby and he's immature. But you know what he is? He's as Isaiah Michael Fusilier. He's as much Isaiah Michael Fusilier as he's ever going to be. When you get saved, you may be a babe in Christ. But you're as saved as you're ever going to be. You know what's going to happen? He's going to start walking a road of sanctification with you. That's separation and holiness unto God. You know what's going to happen? You're going to begin to grow and you're going to begin to mature. He's going to grow and he's going to be mature. And he's going to be, well, you know. Well, I don't have time to go into all that. Y'all know everything he's going to be. But you know what? He will never be any more. He, he, he won't be any more in 30 years, Isaiah Michael Fusilier, than he is today. Are you hungry? He says, man, those lights are bright. You might as well get used to being examples because that's going to be part of it for the rest of your life. Just so you know it. Just so you know. Yeah, I put him to sleep too. <laughs> I'm trying to get you to see something. You come into life and you became something. In the same way you come into life, you come in by grace through faith, it's the same way you live it. It's the same way you live it. I see things die. I've been telling you for weeks, things die when you get saved. You, it's, it's an amazing paradox because it's how you live, but to live, something has to die. I'm crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I. But what? But Christ lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I'm still in the flesh. The life I now live, the life I now, when live? When, how did now happen? Now faith is. Yeah, that goes together. The life I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. How do I live? How do I live now? I live by dying to this old man and living in him. The life I now live in the flesh. I live by the faith in the Son of God. That's Galatians 2.20 if you need to know. The life I now live, I live by the faith in the Son of God who loved me. That's the key to all of it. For God so loved the world that he gave. His love wouldn't have affected us any if he hadn't gave it. Yeah. Father, I love you. 
Lord, I'm thankful that the power's in the gospel and not in the presenter. Lord, I'm thankful that it's the power of God and the salvation. I'm thankful that in it, the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith. For the just shall live by faith. Now, Father, use us. Use me. Use us to give the gospel without shame, without hindrance. It's a supernatural gospel. And I'm thankful. And I ask it all in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Shake somebody's hand. Hug somebody's neck. Tell them that you love them.